turn tonight, if you would, to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10. <clears throat> I'm just happy to be in the house of the Lord. Privilege for us, isn't it, to be able to come together to serve God, to be able to live for Him in this day of such darkness, such terrible, terrible time that's around the world. Uh, yet God, by His mercy, has called us to Himself. We're so grateful for that. I want to speak to you again tonight on what is the Holy Ghost. We'll read the scriptures that we read last Wednesday night from here in Peter, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. I want you to notice what they did now. They prophesied of the grace which should come unto you. So what is prophecy? Prophecy is telling something in the future, a future event by divine inspiration. Most of the times the prophets of the Old Testament were saying things that was not even written in the Bible. It became written after they spoke it. That's what prophecy actually is. So who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify. So they were looking, searching, trying to understand when will it be? We know it's coming. We know it's coming. It's the word of the Lord. When is it? But they couldn't understand the time frame. When it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow, unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. Let's read the meaning of the word again. Look to stoop to a thing in order to look at. So you're stooping. So the angels of God looking and peering into this. To look at with head bowed forward. To look into with the body bent. To stoop and look into. Metaphorically to look carefully into. Inspect curiously of one who would become acquainted with something, angels, which would become acquainted with your walk with God, your experience, God's grace to you. And it's so profound to them that they just bend over and look at it, trying to understand it. And we let the devil beat the daylights out of us, trying to tell us we ain't got nothing. I wonder if the angels of God could pass through this place tonight and scream and holler to the top of their voice and say, do you all know what you have? Do you realize what you have? And they study us and look at us and stoop over to try to understand. May God help us tonight. And we can raise your hands, Lord. I need my eyes open in a greater way. Amen, me too. Let's bow our heads together. <clears throat> we'll pray over this prayer cloth tonight for Brother 
Bernie Young is having surgery this week. We want to just pray for our brother. Everything will, will go well. Fathers, we bow our heads. Not to peer, to look into something. But Lord God, to the dust of the earth from whence our bodies were taken. With thanksgiving in our heart that we hold within our souls tonight a possession of such great value that the holy angels of God look into it and would desire to understand it greater. We come before you tonight, Father, asking you that you'd be mindful of all the needs of your children, the sick, the weary, the afflicted, those that need a touch in their home, maybe in their finances, whatever it is, Father. Lord, for this prayer clause that I'm going to preach with tonight, I pray that you'd be mindful of Brother Bernie, Lord, may this surgery go well, be no evil report that'll come of it, Father. We commit ourselves to you tonight. We ask you that you'd come and anoint not only the speaker, but anoint the hearers that we can be benefited by our gathering together tonight, Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we ask it. And the saints said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. <clears throat> Thursday night, whenever I did the question and answers with the youth, and I'm sure they've already announced that we'll be having another one again tomorrow night, Lord willing. But I went this way these few scriptures that we're going to look at for just a few moments on uh, <clears throat> the spirit of truth, what the Holy Ghost um, really is. And we know that John set it forth that there was a spirit of truth and there was a spirit of error. And many people think because they get truth, they might pack a Bible, they might read the Bible, they believe it intellectually. Some of the message people, they think because they listen to tapes and they read the books and they have a, a fairly good knowledge and understanding of the message and they think, well, I, I, I believe the message, so that means I've got the Holy Ghost. But yet, we know that we could have a portion of truth and not have the spirit of truth. Now, Jesus divides the spirit of truth from truth. So, if he divided the spirit of truth from truth, then that helps me to see that John puts it in, in two categories, that there's a spirit of truth and there's a spirit of error. So there's also truth and error. And most of us probably are sitting here tonight and there's things that we believe that may actually be wrong. And we believe it because we don't know any better. But if someone shows us in the scripture or in the message that we're believing something wrong, if we're a real child of God and we have the spirit of truth in us, then that error can be corrected because we have the spirit of truth. Or you say, now, 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 Brother Donnie, if you'll show people that it's the truth, they'll be corrected. No, I'll tell you, they won't. Because I've showed many people down through my years in the ministry of things they were wrong in, things they were believing wrong, things they were doing wrong, and show them over and over and over again, and they still would not accept it, even though they said they believed the truth. So you think, how could that be? Because there's a difference in the spirit of truth and truth. And there's a difference in error and the spirit of error. Now, if a person is actually under the spirit of error, you can show them the truth page after page, quote after quote, scripture after scripture, whatever it is, and if they're under the spirit of error, they will process that truth 
under that anointing of that spirit. And it will explain it to them. And they will in turn explain it away. Or make an excuse why they can't do it. Now that's a person operating under the spirit of error. So they hear truths, 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 more truths. And the truth actually doesn't make them free. Because they're under the spirit of error. So the Holy Ghost, this is one thing that he's going to be. He's a comforter. He's a seal. He's peace. He's joy. He's all of these things. But Jesus wants us to know. Now listen carefully what he says here in St. John chapter 14 verse 16. I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter. That he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth. Now notice he doesn't say even the truth, but the spirit of truth. Now this is why people can embrace the truth for a while. Sometimes people will come to the truth, you know, for many, many years. And then all of a sudden they fall away and you say, how in the world could that have happened? Because the truth was up here and never down here by revelation. So not only did they miss a revelation of understanding the furtherance of that truth, but they missed the spirit of truth. Because the spirit of truth abiding in us will never allow us to remain in error. No, absolutely impossible. Now you may be, as I said, sitting here tonight believing something wrong, but God will make sure that he straightens us out before we leave this world. Because the Holy Ghost in us will lead and guide us into all all truths. So it's not enough just to believe in one God. It's not enough just to have, well, I've got a great portion of truth. The Holy Ghost will lead us into all the truths of the age that we live in. Now notice Jesus says, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Now, once again, this proves that a person that's a sinner coming here tonight and we might make an altar call and they may bow here on their knees and say, Lord Jesus, uh, receive me. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. That person cannot receive the Holy Ghost. They receive the Spirit of God in the form of justification by faith. Now, remember, God's typing it through the church ages. So Luther had a portion of the Spirit of God. Wesley had a portion. Pentecost had a greater portion. We, by God's grace, have a greater portion than them. Is that right? So whenever a person then comes to the Lord, they are just repenting of their sins, but they're still not a candidate to be able to receive the fullness of the Spirit of God. They may still smoke. They may drink. They may have filthy habits. You know what they've got to do? They've got to be sanctified before the Holy Ghost will ever come and seal their soul. Is that right? Now notice Jesus said, even the spirit of truth of whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. Well, that's a sad thing about it today as well because they don't know him. They don't know him in the attribute of receiving him as the Holy Ghost because many of the churches teach them today once they receive Christ as their savior, they're born again, they got eternal life, they got everything they need. That's a lie. I said, that's a lie. You're not truly converted until you receive the Holy Ghost. You're justified, sanctified, then you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost which seals your soul until the day of redemption. Now notice he says for, he said, but ye know him 
for he dwelleth with you. Lord have mercy, what's Jesus saying? You know him, for he dwelleth with you. Notice he doesn't say in you. Now who's he talking about? Himself. So who's it gonna be? Himself and another attribute of the Godhead which can be divided. Jesus in sonship form could not have been divided to come back on the day of Pentecost. But Jesus in the form of the Son of God, not Son of Man, remember he identified himself as Son of Man, which was a prophet to Israel. But he further identifies himself in the church ages as Son of God. What is God? A spirit. What is the Son of God? Baptism of the Holy Ghost, the divisive part of God which can be divided into many, many, many parts of the Spirit of God living in human hearts around the world. Now Jesus said, they don't know him, but you all know him. You imagine them looking around at one another and said, we don't know him. He said, yes, you do. You do know him because he's dwelling with you. You know, imagine they didn't have the Holy Ghost, so they're trying to figure out what in the world is he talking about? Notice he goes on to say, I will not leave you comfortless. Now, it would seem as if though, in verse 17, that Jesus is speaking about the Father giving another being separate from himself. But then he goes down in verse 18 and lets them know, hey boys, it's me in another form. It ain't another God. It ain't the third person of the Godhead. It's me in a changed, condescended form. Oh, don't you love the truth of God's word? I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Oh, I'm so glad that he has, aren't you? St. John 15, 26. But when the comforter is come, now notice again how he says this, whom I will send unto you from the Father. Now you imagine they're standing there shaking their heads said, now a while ago he said the Father's gonna send it and then he said it was him. Now he's sounding like he's sending it from the Father. Who in the world is all this? <laughs> they really needed the Holy Ghost to understand this, didn't they? Whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth. Now please don't misunderstand me. It's easier to get the truth than it is the spirit of truth. Somebody can drop a book on your door. Somebody can leave a Bible. The Gideons do it all the time. They can leave a, a Bible in a hotel room. And you could be sitting there one night and you're all sad and lonely and depressed and you pick up that Bible and you read, maybe John three sixteen, you know, somewhere where it talks about salvation. And you receive the truth. And you say, God, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. And you receive that truth. It does not mean that you receive the Holy Ghost, which is the spirit of truth, when you repented. You receive that portion of the spirit of God, which John 3.16 would allow you to have. But there's more to that. Now watch, he said, when the comforter has come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. St. John 16, 12. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, listen what he's gonna do. He will guide you 
into just a little bit of truth. And then once you get that little bit of truth, you never have to read your Bible again. And you'll never have to study no more. And that's all you'll ever get. Well, that's what people believe. That's what they think they can do. And they spend more time, you know, reading this magazine or that magazine or doing this and that and the other than they do trying to find the way of salvation because they think once they get saved, they know it all right there. Well, I hate to be the one to bust your balloon tonight, but you just barely got started. Hammy's been saved here for many, many years and you could say sometimes I feel like I just got started myself. Now, watch, he said, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Now, what will the Holy Ghost do in me and you? What will the Holy Ghost do? Now, this comes back to the first question that I answered the other night about how will I know I've got the Holy Ghost? Well, this is some of the things that the Holy Ghost will do in us. He will guide us into all truth. He will comfort us. He will show us things to come. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is the very access into future events. And he will show you things to come. First John chapter four, verse six. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth us not. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So there is truth and there is error. There is spirit of truth and spirit of error. I don't mind telling you, there's been times in my life that I have not only believed error, but I was under the spirit of error. Whenever I was a Trinitarian, there was people that tried to talk to me and show me things in the Bible about one God and water baptism. It didn't make no difference how many scripture they showed me. It didn't move me at all. I'm not saying that tonight to be proud of it. I say that because it's a shame because I was under a spirit of error. Anybody else in the building honest enough tonight to say you've been under the spirit of error too? And people would show you truth and you'd look right at it and read it from the Bible and you still wouldn't receive it. But isn't it wonderful? You receive it tonight. Why? God was able to remove that spirit off of you and then the very things that you read before that you didn't see and understand, it's like all of a sudden your eyes just came open. Now what happened? It wasn't, it was more truth. No, it was not so much necessarily that it was more truth. Sometimes it's the exact same amount of truth that was shown to you before, but the spirit of error was driven away from you. Now, let me say this to you, that we can be under the spirit of error about lots of things. It's not just doctrinally. We can get in our mind that someone doesn't like us. And what is that? Many times it's a spirit of error. We can get in our mind that when the preacher's preaching, he's looking right at me. 
Oh my goodness, and I, I just know he's just preaching that for me only. Somebody's been talking to Brother Donnie. And you know what? A person can get under that spirit of error and they'll be totally convinced. I could sit and talk to them and tell them, brother, sister, I, I'm not out against you. I ain't got nothing against you. But until they would let God deliver them of that spirit of error, they won't believe me a bit more than nothing or you or anyone else. So the spirit of error is quite a broad spectrum. It would probably scare most of us if we knew how many times we have been under a spirit of error. What do you mean by the daughter? Well, error is a falsehood. So it's something that you disbelieve about God's word. It can also be something that you disbelieve about one of God's children or one of God's men. And it's so real to you, yet in reality, it cannot be proven that this man of God done that or was out to get you, but you're totally convinced. Now, what's what the Spirit of God in us will do? Are we still subject to being in error and making mistakes until we get the Holy Ghost? Yes, we are. That's part of our growth. That's part of our maturity in the Lord Jesus and our humanity will bother us as long as we're here. But the more submitted we get to him and the more we surrender than to me. I believe in repentance. I thank God for his blood, don't you? I thank God for his mercy that I can go. But when I look at the covenant of God, if the mercy of God is there to forgive me whenever I do wrong, cannot the wisdom and the strength of God and the Holy Ghost, cannot he and I become closer and closer and that he can actually stop me from doing wrong? Cannot the Spirit of God in me lead me away from a trap? If the Holy Ghost knows that the devil's got a trap laid for me, cannot the Holy Ghost say, go around that, bypass that, amen? Cannot the Spirit of God, how many knows he's done that for you in your life? Well, if the Holy Ghost in us can lead us into all truth and, and can be able to show us things that are gonna come, can he show us the pitfalls? Cannot he show us the mistakes in our life? Am I preaching to you that you'll never make another one? No, but I'll tell you one thing, I'd be a mighty happy pastor. If in a few weeks time, some of you would send me a text or an email and say, Brother Donnie, you know what? I, I, I embrace that truth of what you said there on that Wednesday night and God has been helping me and I've been averting this pitfall. I've been avoiding this. I've been avoiding that. Wouldn't that be a wonderful testimony as a child of God? Not sure if you've got to repent. The blood is there for it. But why would we want to keep on following the same thing over and over, up and down and up and down and repenting and repenting and repenting for the same thing over and over again when the spirit of truth living inside of us can empower us to say, wait a minute, he's got a trap set for you. He's got a snare laid for you. He's got this laid for you. Don't do that. Don't go that way. Is that what you want as a child of God? To me, that's an overcoming child of God. Now, let's, let's change a little bit and see what does the Holy Ghost then do inside of Holy Ghost-filled believers? What, what benefit really is it? Now, I know there's an element of preachers in the message that preach, believe it or not, that whenever you actually accept Christ as your Savior, they still teach that you're born again, that you are actually born again when you repent. But we know, of course, to the end of the prophet's ministry that that's not what he taught, that you are not fully, even fully converted until you receive the Holy Ghost. So they simply teach in that aspect that what happens to you is that you're born again whenever you accept the Lord. And then if you receive the Holy Ghost, all it does is give you a little bit of power. 
to be able to empower you to do this and that and the other. But I'm gonna tell you one thing, according to the Bible in Acts chapter one, verse eight, you shall receive dunamis after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. So it's more than just a little bit of power. It is God. Let me tell you tonight what the Holy Ghost is. It's God. Let me tell you what it is not. The Holy Ghost is not emotion. The Holy Ghost is not jumping. It is not shouting. The Holy Ghost is not tongue. Now listen carefully before you get tired on me. The Holy Ghost is not sensation. The Holy Ghost produces sensation. The Holy Ghost produces shouting. But if I'm gonna say the Holy Ghost is tongues, then what I'm saying is God is tongues. My God is more than tongues. My God causes emotion. My God causes sensation. My God is more than emotion. My God is not an emotion. Praise the Lord. So what then does the Holy Ghost do in the recipients of this new life? Look in Mark chapter 13, verse 11. But when they shall lead you and deliver you up. Now Jesus talking about in the time of persecution, the disciples are gonna be persecuted for the cause of Christ and also would we. Now he's telling them what would happen once you get in these straits. Take no thought beforehand what you shall speak, neither do you premeditate. But whatsoever shall be, whatsoever shall be given unto you in that hour, that speak ye. For it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost. So he's talking about then one thing that the Holy Ghost would do is whenever you're brought before rulers, magistrates, maybe even on your job or whatever it is, people that would question what you believe, what you stand for, then he says, with the Holy Ghost inside of you, the Holy Ghost will give you the words to say. So this is one thing that the Holy Ghost will do inside of us. I'm sure many of you have experienced that. When you didn't know what to say and then all of a sudden something from within you just started answering and you were totally surprised yourself. Is that right? Well, that's the Holy Ghost that does that. Notice again in Luke chapter 12, verse 12. For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour, now this is Luke, Catching, this is Luke's rendition of the same thing that Mark wrote, and Luke wrote it just a little bit different. For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what you ought to say. You can imagine the Spirit of God could have given you a week before. Why would he wait to the very hour you need it? Isn't that amazing how God does that sometimes? He loves to get us to a spot to where we're right on the brink of putting our foot in the Red Sea. And then he comes on the scene. So he could have given it to you a week before, a day before, a month before. But instead, he gives it to you that very hour. He likes to keep his children under pressure sometimes. St. John 14, 26. But the comforter which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you again all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Now, how do you figure Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John was written? Matthew was not written when Jesus was here. Mark was not written when Jesus was here. Luke was not written. Luke was not even one of the original chosen disciples. John was not written 
when Jesus was here. So how did they recall all the miracles? How did they recall the things that were said and the words that were said and the instances that were said when their gospels weren't written until some of them 30 and 40 years after Jesus had left? How many of y'all trust them gospels? With all your heart? So you know what you're trusting? You're trusting men that were filled with the Holy Ghost and they were setting their writing and the Holy Ghost brought it back to their remembrance. Praise be to God. Every time you pick up your New Testament and you read one of those four gospels, you are reading the fulfillment of this scripture. Not only you, but God still does the same thing. Carol tells me all the time, Donnie, I wish sometimes that people could sit and hear the private interviews and just how the Lord will give you the things to say. I said, I know, I'm just absolutely overwhelmed myself because the Spirit of God will lead me down avenues and say I haven't studied on a certain subject for, for maybe months and months or maybe even years. And I'll get in the channel, same anointing out here, but in a little different channel, and I'll get under that channel, and I'll go to quoting scriptures, and it comes out of there, and I'll say, where in the world does all of that come from? And quotes that I haven't quoted in years, and God will just lay that out of there, and I've seen him set people free by that word. I've seen the devil crawl out, beat and bruised, black and blue, and it wasn't because I premeditated it. I didn't even think about it. It, I didn't remember it, and yet the Holy Ghost will come and it will lay it out there so perfectly that it, it just mesmerizes me. Well, you say, why would it do you? Because it ain't me doing it. That's why. It's the Spirit of God anointing the gift in my life, but also anointing my memory and recalling things that I might not have quoted for years. And yet, what is it? As I sat there, I'm fulfilling what Jesus said again. Just the way some of you will. Maybe not as many times, but when you don't even know how to answer what to say, and all of a sudden, a scripture will pop into your mind. Maybe you haven't thought about it for months or maybe even years before. What is that? That's what the Holy Ghost wants to do inside of every one of us. Now notice Jesus said, he will bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said. Can you imagine now Matthew years and years later and he was setting down, now the gospel of Jesus Christ is on this wise. And then he would go to take it. Matthew took it from one angle, Mark from another angle, Luke from another angle. Of course, one of son of God, son of man, the incarnate word, every one of them. And the spirit of God brought to their remembrance different aspects of the exact same story and would bring to Matthew, why have four gospels if they're all gonna say exactly the same thing and tell the exact same story in the same way? You'd only need one. And yet every one of them wrote it a little bit different. So the Holy Ghost captivated Matthew and opened up his remembrance to certain things. And Mark, he didn't. Mark only wrote 16 chapters, did you know? It's the shortest one of the four gospels. And yet Mark's recall was totally different. And Luke's recall was totally different. And where did Luke get his? He wasn't even there when Jesus said it. But Luke traveled around with Paul. Remember, Luke was a physician. He was a Jew, but he was of Greek 
upbringing, very intellectual, a man of great wisdom and also a great understanding. So Luke went around. Remember, he traveled with this preacher that got thrown in jail all the time. How would you like that to be your pastor? (laughs) And got thrown in jail all the time, so Luke had a lot of spare time on his hands. So history tells us that Luke would go around So when they would come into Capernaum, when they would come into Cyprus, when they'd come into these different places and Luke go around and say, is there anybody here that knows about Jesus? Is there anybody here that was in the meetings of Jesus? What'd he get with them and he'd write down their their stories? Oh my, and they, what was it? The Holy Ghost on them years after it had happened. And the Holy Ghost coming on this woman, coming on this man. And Luke said, you got any more? Have you got any more? Tell me more. Look, do you understand how your New Testament was written? Do you think it's just a bunch of men that done it? The Holy Ghost wrote the New Testament. It was the spirit of truth and the same Holy Ghost is what it's gonna take to help us understand it. Now notice Jesus before he ascends up into heaven, Acts 1, 7. And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which a father has put in his own power, but you shall receive dunamis, power, after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. I know you know the meaning of this word. I've shared it with you for so many years, but let's look at it again. Inherit power. Now remember, this is different than excusia. Excusia is an authority given to you, but it's not something that is yours. It's not something that lives in you. It's like a state trooper or a magistrate or a police or a mayor or a governor. He's voted in or he's hired or he's appointed. He loses his job, he loses his power, he loses his authority. But Jesus did not want the New Testament church to be built upon excusia. That's what the apostles had. That's the way they cast out devils. So it might help you to understand. How you say, how in the world, Brother Donnie, could, could Judas cast out devils? Because he had excusia. Written, as we'd say, written authority in this day by the law. A state trooper said, you see somebody speeding, we give you the authority to pull them over. We give you the authority to check their driver's license, ask for their insurance card. We give you that authority. It's written in our law. You've got that job, you can do it. So here Judas was sent out under the power of excusia. It was a delegated authority, not an inherent nature. But Jesus did not want to build his church on a delegated authority, but he wanted to build it on an inherent nature. An inherent power, power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature, or which a person or thing exerts and puts forth moral power and excellence of soul. So Judas didn't have this. He had what? Matthew 10, go preach. He was hired for the job. He was hired, you understand? So he was given excusia. So he went out, cast out devils, healed the sick, preached. He was not inferior to the rest of them. He done exactly the same stuff they did. On what, what basis? On excusia. But you don't find Judas showing up on the day of Pentecost. Now, notice Jesus says, You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria, here we go now beyond them, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and 
peace and in the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost don't just show you things to come and give you the right things to say at the right time, but the Holy Ghost is joy and peace and righteousness. And he feels like you might need another dose of that tonight. Oh my. Romans 15, 13. Now the God of peace fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Through the power of the Holy Ghost. I know we're living in the last day and I know we're living in difficult times. But I still believe as one child of God, there's joy in the Holy Ghost. I believe there's power in the Holy Ghost. Anybody else here with me tonight? Believe that there's joy unspeakable and full of glory. I believe a person, I know you're gonna think I'm crazy. I believe a person can be so full of the Holy Ghost, they can still shout, they can still dance. I believe a child of God can get so full of the Holy Ghost, they can be drunk on the Spirit of God. Amen. I realize some of y'all are so drunk you're about the stage of passing out. You know, you're just so, so drunk. I believe you can get so drunk that the prophet said you don't even know what your name is. But Brother Donnie, it's 2024, I know that. I realize that. But I've not found where on any of these scriptures that it gave a time limit that it said, well, up to 1989, up to 1995, up to 2024. I've not found that there's no end to it. If the Holy Ghost cannot be joy tonight, then somehow I figure I got cheated. I must have got a watered down version that is not the same thing that Peter and them had because they were beat, they were whipped, and whenever they come to their self, they was rejoicing and shouting and praising God that they had been counted worthy to be beat for his name. Well, praise the Lord. Notice, now let's, let's look a little bit in the direction of the message, if you don't mind. The prophet said, the Holy Ghost in you has to bear record to the resurrection and Jesus being the Son of God. Now watch now, the personal identification in you as an individual, not, not us as a church, not you and your family, but you as an individual is, the Holy Ghost in you will have a personal vindication of the resurrection and that Jesus is the Son of God. Or you're only taking somebody else's word for it. You're only taking what the Bible says. And he said, the Bible's right and you're only taking what the minister says. But you see, you can take what the Bible says here, intellectually faith, and still not be a vindication in your own life. Brother Don, what are you saying? What do you mean? It means you have raised from the dead because you have received the resurrection power in you. You're not the same person. You're not living the same way. You're not acting the same way. You're not talking the same way. You yourself are a proof that Calvary was a success. Because you lived a life in sin and darkness of the world, but now you have raised from the dead. That ought to make a Baptist want to shout. Now 
watch this. What was the Holy Ghost given for? God wants to bring the Holy Ghost in you to continue the same work that he was doing in Christ. Well, then we've got to believe that God still wants to do them same works, right? What did he do when he was here? Did Jesus just go around and say, I'll tell you what, we're going to start a church and uh, we, we just want to bring everybody in and just, y'all, y'all believe I'm the son of God. Y'all, y'all believe that I come to save you from your sins. Uh, and and we, won't, we won't do no signs now, no, that sort of thing. And we won't preach hard. We won't preach on nobody. Was that what Jesus said? Is that the way Jesus carried it out? No, it wasn't. And it wasn't the way his apostles carried it out. So we got identified then what was the works that he done. What he told us. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll heal the sick, right? So the Holy Ghost come back in me and you. So brother darling, does that mean then that every man, every woman, every boy and every girl is, is gonna do the same thing as preachers? No, we know that already. We've done been through that for years and years. And you know that everyone is not gonna do the exact same sign. If you'll study your Bible real close, you will find out there were certain apostles that did more signs than the others. Now I know which one it is, but I ain't gonna tell you. Some of you also stinking lazy right now, you don't think you have to pick up your Bible. So I ain't gonna spoil you no more. I know the answer, but I want you to look it up. Oh, Brother Donnie, I'll have to take away from my YouTube tutorials. Well, you might ought to go to GodTube and his tutorials of how to get out of here for a rapture. Praise the Lord. Oh, Brother Donnie, but my Snapchat and my Instagram and my TikTok, I'm telling you there's a TikTok and it was three minutes to midnight years ago and the clock is TikTok and we're a whole lot closer now. So if you want to go in a rapture, you better be feeding on the word, not Instagram and TikTok. Praise the Lord, Brother Donnie. Preach it, brother. I'm with you. Glory to God, brother. Amen, Brother Donnie. Hallelujah, Brother Donnie. I love the way Brother Ram deals with this. He said, now the work wasn't so needy in the days of Lucifer. That was God's church, he says. But it wasn't but a little bit more needier in the days of Wesley. Because the world, the Bible said it would get weaker and wiser and the more wicked all the time. And the world is getting more wicked. Can you imagine this is 1959 when he said this? What would he say now? Men do things today that a hundred years ago, you wouldn't have thought to have been a human being that cruel. And they're more wicked all the time, and the wicked do wickeder. Now, you might not find that at the university of some, you know, great speaker, but it's Kentucky, and in case you didn't know it. The wicked are more wickeder, and the sorry are more sorrier, and the rottener more rottener. Everybody understand that plain English? The wicked shall be more wicked all the time, said the scripture, more and more. So the Holy Spirit has been moving. Now listen, there was just a little breath of it was looser and a little blow of it was Wesley and a deeper 
blow with Pentecost. Now the breath and the spirit, glory to God. Now the breath and the spirit has become the same. She's uniting together, bringing forth that same powerful blow of the Holy Ghost, like he did back there, is manifesting the same works that he did back there, manifested right today the same thing. Praise be to God. Well, I'm on a minister's chat, Brother Darrell, now I was talking about four churches. And there was a brother from the Philippines that went and preached in a certain island. There was a woman there in the hospital that had had a major stroke. You know, it was awful, the, the, the shape that it left the woman in. But someone had called for the preacher to come there, message brother, preach the word for years. So he goes out of that place and that hospital and prays for her. And God does such supernatural miracle in the life of that woman that he had a picture and he posted it on this thing today. And he showed the woman laying there in the bed, worshiping and praising God after the miraculous power of God had come down in the room. And the next day, her daughter, which was there in the room, when the miracle took place, her daughter come back and said, I want to give my heart to God. I want to be baptized. I want to be baptized. Don't you understand? That's what divine healing is. It's a bait on the hook. So you don't, you don't let the fish see the hook. You let the fish see the bait. So then you put it on there and you throw it out and they see a supernatural God moving among us and they'll say, that's the kind of God I want. That's the kind of God I'll serve, a God that can heal the sick, a God that can save sinners, a God that can take a man and turn him from being a drunk and a liar and a whoremonger and fill him with the Holy Ghost and set him on the gospel way. I'll serve a God like that. That's the kind of God we want in our church. That's the kind of God we have in our church. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now notice how the intensity of this goes with a little breath, from a breath to a little blow, from that to a deeper blow, and then the breath and the spirit become the same, uniting, bringing forth that same powerful blow of the Holy Ghost, like he did back there, manifesting the same works he did back there, is being manifested right today, the same thing. Oh, praise the Lord. If you've got the Holy Ghost in you, you will follow his instructions. If we've got the Holy Ghost in us, we will follow his instructions regardless of what the people say about you. Well, if he tells you to be baptized in Jesus' name, but what will my grandma say? What will my mama say? What will my daddy say? That's not what you're going by. If you've got the Holy Ghost, you belong to Jesus. Well, you mean I've got to let my hair grow out and the men, well, the men can't, you know, they can't let theirs grow out long and look like a woman and they can't go around with earrings stuck in their ears and, you know, they can't do the home. What's my buddy said work going to say? What's so-and-so going to say? What's my best friend going to say? What are you worried about? You want to stand before your best friend the day of judgment or are you going to stand before God? But if you really get the Holy Ghost, you want to obey his instructions. 
Amen. That that absolutely involves how to walk, how to talk, how to dress, how to live, how to love. Amen. It will involve all of his instructions. Praise be to God. Notice this. He said, if you haven't got the Holy Ghost in you, how can you take God's word? The Holy Ghost in you will say, How many? Oh, you mean not just your favorite ones. Oh, the Holy Ghost will say amen to every word, even when the flesh says ouch. Y'all ever ouch and amen at the same time? Oh, sure you do. Your old flesh, ooh, ooh, boy, that burned. Ooh, that stung. Ah, 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 oh, oh. And the soul will say, glory, glory. Shut up, body. Shut up, flesh. Get out of my way. Let me rejoice. Praise the Lord. Our souls ought to be rejoicing tonight because we can say amen to God's word. Now your body may be saying, oh goodness, oh goodness, that hurts me. Oh, what am I gonna have to give up? What are you gonna have to give up? My Lord, what in the world are we talking about? What little bit could God require of us that would ever pay to live in eternity with a great being like this where you will never die, where you will never age, you will never get sick. Can you imagine what people would pay today? What billionaires would pay if they could get a spoonful or this bottle right here full of eternal life? and they would drink some of that Ponce de Leon searched and searched and searched. He looked all over Florida. He looked up and down everywhere, found it. All kinds of people who looked for eternal life. But I'll tell you, it wasn't in Florida. It was not in the Egyptian tombs, but it hung upon a cross and the blood cell was broke open that it might restore, hallelujah, release eternal life. Thank God we have it tonight. Thank God we have it. People have sought and looked how to live forever. And we have it. We have it. I was reading just a few weeks ago about a billionaire. And he's convinced that he's found the way that he can live forever. So all these, you know, these projects and all these multivitamins, my Lord, we've had enough pyramid schemes in the, in the message here. We could look like Giza. Giza's where the pyramids are in Egypt, you know. Oh my, this, this, this B propolis and, and this vitamin C, it's not regular vitamin C, though it's supercharged. My, you know, all this uh, um, yucca and yucca. I, I agree with that. Yucca, yucca. Uh-huh, yucca this and yucca that. Come on now, somebody. Why, we want to live better, don't we? Well, I do too. I want to live a healthier life if I can do it. My goodness, we've spent enough money on some of this stuff that we could have paid. Don't tell me how many churches we could have built overseas by trying to prolong our life. Brother Doug McHugh used to tell me years ago, Brother Donnie, I'll tell you one thing. All these people won't eat sugar and they won't eat chocolate and this and that and the other and wind up stepping out in front of a car and get run over. He said, so I'm going to go ahead and eat mine and pray over it. Why? Something in us. We don't want to die. We don't want to get old. You think I want to get old? Lord have mercy. I don't think you want to get old, Brother Paul. You don't think you never will, but the Lord tells you, buddy, I'm telling you, you're going to. Whoever thought would ever look this way? Whoever thought our hair would turn loose and some of it turn gray? Whoever thought we'd be here in 2024? We want to live. I'm telling you tonight what you can do to live forever. 
Not another 10 years, not another 15 years, but you'll never die. Praise God. The Holy Ghost in you is the token that brings you from the grave. It brings you from the grave. Some will be brought twice. They'll be brought spiritually from the grave of sin and go by the way of the grave, of course, and experience the resurrection. Jesus said there would be some that would go by the resurrection. As a matter of fact, he gave them a particular name and he called them children of the resurrection. Children of the resurrection. Well, I don't know if that's my lot or not, but I figure there's only one of two things I can be called, a child of the resurrection or a child of the change. Don't really matter to me, I'm a winner either way. Some of our loved ones, some of our friends have been committed to be children of the resurrection. Oh, I know we grieve and we're so sad for their departure, but let me tell you one thing. They got it on us in one way. I said they got it on us in one way. They're there in the presence of God tonight, rejoicing and praising God. No more sadness, no more sorrow. Not only that, they beat us up. Praise God. They beat us up. They will arise first. And we'll look around some morning and see them standing there in our room. And we know it won't be long. We are going to be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. Children of the resurrection. You see, the token is required in order to be accepted in the first resurrection. That's why Paul said we sorrow not as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, then which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him? Can you imagine saying, Brother Jim Bam, my daughter Erica, your loved ones and friends, when the Lord Jesus comes back, he's gonna bring Erica with him. When Jesus comes back, He's going to bring Brother Jim back with him. That's right. He will bring with him when he comes. Hallelujah. There they stand around him and he will say, you are my proof. You are my proof. I did not die in vain. Go get your family. Hallelujah. If y'all wasn't here tonight, I'd just shout a spell. Hallelujah. Notice in Romans 8, 7. Because a carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh but in the spirit. Now he's not saying that the Roman Christians are out of their body, but he's pointing them back to a time that the enmity not only ruled their flesh, it ruled their soul. You understand, you was at war with God before you got saved. You were at war with God. 
But once you receive the Holy Ghost, Jesus Christ waved the peace flag and made a union in between you and God and the war has been settled forever. God was on one side, you was on another. The Lord Jesus bridged the gap between God the eternal and man a time being, stood there in the middle and brought them both together so God and man can meet in Christ Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Friends, that's as simple as I know how to put the plan of redemption. And in you, in you, the plan of redemption is made manifest and you have that peace between you and God. You're no more at war with him. You're not fighting him. You're not against his will. You're not against his program. You're at peace with God. Praise God. But you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be the spirit of God dwelling you. We are his temple. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, notice he doesn't say have his Bible. Quote his scriptures. But you gotta have his spirit, which is what? Holy Ghost. Verse 11, if the spirit of him, now this is one of my favorite scriptures when I was a Pentecostal preacher. Romans 8, 11. If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. And that was the scripture that we used for shouting. Right, Brother Melvin? Right, Brother Emmanuel? So the spirit of God comes on you, it'll quicken your mortal body. Hallelujah, glory to God, here we go. Boy, hallelujah. But when you look at what Paul is saying, he's talking about those of us that were dead in sin and Christ, the Holy Ghost, resurrected us and changed us and he will also quicken our mortal body. Think of it, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, you'll be changed. Oh, praise the Lord. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, what? Know ye not that your body is a temple? How many of you would come in this place, bring coffee, donuts, your lunch, your supper? How many of you would come in here and get up on the platform or sit there in the chairs and <clears throat> go to telling, you know, questionable jokes, things like that. Oh no, Lord, have mercy. No, I would never do that. You won't do it in this house. Well, what about this one? So unlike the heathen, we don't pack an idol around in our arm. We pack our guard around in our heart. And we are his place of worship. This is why I don't have to wait to be in church to worship God. I worship him every day of my life. Off and on, all day, even in the night. If I wake up in the night, and if I wake up early in the morning, which I do a lot, one of the first things that comes out of my mouth is praise and worship to my Lord. Because I, my body, is his temple. And from the temple of God, I can be able to give him sacrificial worship and praise. Whether I feel like it or not, that has absolutely nothing to do with it. And because my life has been touched by the original fire of God, I will not be slain 
the way Aaron's two sons were. You see, Aaron's two sons on the very first day of Aaron's service as being the high priest, they go and offer strange fire before the Lord. Now, what they did was, according to the law of God, they were supposed to, everything that they did was supposed to come from the original lighting of fire off of the altar of God, which was lit supernaturally. So the Spirit of God come down and lit that, and every fire they built from that day on was supposed to be built from that original lighting of fire. But Aaron's sons, they got in there, and the Bible says they offered strange fire before the Lord. So their fire did not come from the original lighting. Look it up in the Hebrew, listen. It did not come from the original lighting. Satan has had strange fire in every age. It looks like fire. It burns like fire. It can consume like fire. But where did it come from? And God killed both of those men because they had the wrong fire. Look, children, I want us to be on fire with the Holy Ghost, but I want to make sure what's lighting us up is from the original lighting. Come on, somebody. Oh, we're too close. We're too close. We want to make sure. Oh, but it looks like fire. It burns like fire. It feels like fire. It warms. It stirs you, you can feel it. Oh yeah, yeah, fire will burn you. The wrong fire could have burnt them. But it come from the wrong place. So when you as a worshiper of God receive the Holy Ghost and your nature has been annihilated, then from the temple within you, your soul, you are offering from the original altar of God and from the original fire. You've got the same Holy Ghost Peter had. So you're standing in Lowe's, you're in Food City, you're you know, at a pond fishing somewhere, whatever you're doing, you can raise your hands right there where you are and you're not offering strange fire, Baptist fire, Methodist fire, you know, whatever kind of fire, but you've got the same fire that Peter had on the day of Pentecost and you can worship God and God will accept you standing out beside a creek. God will accept you standing out, you know, gathering your cows for milking them or whatever more, just the same way he would standing right here in this church building. Is that right? Why? Because you have become the temple of God and the fire of God. When we dedicated this place, I didn't see that fire burning on the pews. Oh, some people seen the pillar of fire. Angel of the Lord's been seen in here several times since we've been here. I personally didn't see a burning fire here, but I saw it in you. I saw it in you. Does God want to catch this building on fire? He wants to catch us on fire. With what? The same fire that fell on the day of Pentecost. Praise be to God. Can I go just a couple more minutes? Notice in another thing that the Holy Ghost is in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 12. It's our down payment. That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ and whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that you believed, not when you believed, but after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. That's the Bible. You get the Holy Ghost after you believe. So what is it? Notice in verse 14, which is the earnest 
of our inheritance. Look at the meaning. Money which in purchases is given as a pledge or a down payment. All of us know what, what that is. You bought a house, you bought a car, whatever it is. So it's a down payment that the full amount will subsequently be paid. So God gives us a down payment, earnest money. It's a down payment. You're gonna get the full thing in the full resurrection. Praise be to God. So what is the Holy Ghost? It's your part of deity. Brother, when the deity of God by the Holy Ghost comes into the human heart, it calls out everything that Christ hasn't created. You know that's the truth. Deity. Deity. Well, Brother Donnie, that's, isn't that part of the Godhead? Ah, you have been listening. It is part of the Godhead. It's that part of himself that was revealed in the type of Eve. So God made man in his own image, male and female, created he them and called their name Adam. So Adam was both man and woman and his spirit. Is that right? I was thinking about it yesterday. Who but God? Who but God? A title for a sermon. Who but God? Who but God could take this earth in a chaos and turn it into a paradise? Who but God could take dust, dust off the top of the earth and transform that dust into a heart, liver, kidneys, lungs, eyeballs, ears, skin, muscle, hair, tissue, sinew, turn it. Who but God could take a rib and turn it into the most beautiful woman that ever lived on the face of the earth? Who but God could take a wretched sinner and turn him into a child of God? Who but God can take this earth? When Satan gets done with it, I'm telling you, it's gonna be a mess. And when God allows man to be able to bring it to a place of almost total annihilation, think of it, the pre-millennium condition will be atomic bombs falling everywhere and we will actually walk out on the ashes of the wicked. Who but God could take the earth in that stage and in a moment, turn it into another paradise. Who but God could take us bunch of hard-headed, stubborn, no good, no count, good for nothing human beings and turn us into tabernacles for deity. Who but God 
God could take our unbelieving hearts and drive that spirit of evil away from us and fill us with the Holy Ghost and we just love him and praise him and long for him. And even when he does something that we don't understand and he, he, he kind of forces his will on us sometimes and we say, no, 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 don't do that. Please don't do that. I don't want that. I, no, I can't do that, God. And somehow he turns us around and so moves us and makes that same person that was arguing with him and debating with him and he soothes them and bathes them in his beauty and bathes them in his nature. And when he gets done with them, they just turn right back around and say, not my will, but yours be done. And you all are wanting to see miracles. Y'all are wanting to see signs that are so tremendous. You'll hardly ever see a more rare one that God can take a stubborn man or a stubborn woman and so transform them to the will of God and God will turn right around and point that one to the devil and said, let's see you do it. I'll tell you what God can do. God can say, I can be able to perform signs. And Satan can stand up and say, so can I. Your sons can be able to perform miracles. And I'll send my false preachers out there and they'll do the same thing your boys do. But only God, only God can take an unregenerate person. Let's just be honest, some of us in such a bad shape, the devil said, I don't think I even want them no more. I don't want them wrong to my tribe. And God says, I'll take them. I'll take them. He takes them, changes them, transforms them. Oh, glory to God. And not only just beats them, just beats them, just beats them. No, he don't even do that. And Satan's looking at him and saying, how does he do that? He don't have chains on. Satan puts chains on his. That'd run away if he didn't have them. He puts chains of alcohol, chains of smoking, chains of drug addiction. Come on, somebody. Jesus don't hold us with chains. It's love. We're not here behind great big gigantic gate. Don't you go near that gate, Donnie, I'll get you. Oh, Papa, oh, Papa, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. But Papa swings open the doors and says, there you go, my children. You all want that? And we say, no, no. We, 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 we like it back here, Papa. We like it back here. We're safe. But we used to didn't like it. Some of you women that's sitting here tonight with long hair, and years ago when you first embraced this truth, this is one of the hardest battles you ever had in your life, keeping your head from the barber shop. You had scissor-itis, you had makeup-itis, you had the office bunch of itis boys all over you, and you thought, I'll never give up my makeup. I'll never give up my mini dress. And here you sit tonight. La-dee-da-dee-da. Long hair hanging down your back. I mean a face that ain't painted up like an old red barn standing out in the field somewhere with a godly, decent dress on. Come on, somebody. Why? Only God can do such a thing. And you're not here tonight because you're scared you're going to hell, but you're here because you love him.
just rest yourself now for a minute, but hang on. They that are sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Then when the human element goes out and the Spirit of God fills that vacancy, when you empty yourself, amen, then will be when the church and its power of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus will walk in his steps and his power in his thoughts, in his being, in his moving. You see what I mean? Then your thoughts will become words. And words will become material. That's when the church and its power, when the human element goes out and the supernatural element comes in, then your thoughts will become words. And words will become material. You believe whatever you wish to. Listen to this next sentence. I believe it's on its road. When the church will be so wrapped in Christ, the Holy Spirit, mankind so away from themselves, they don't see themselves, they don't have no thoughts but to serve God, their thoughts to move on, they refuse the things of the world, they move in the Spirit, live in the Spirit, oh glory, move in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, so fulfill the law of Christ, then the love of Christ in the, in the human heart, moving in the Holy Ghost, that great wonderful church will go forth with power and deity because deity will be revealed in human beings by the Holy Spirit bringing to pass the thought of their mind. bringing to pass the thought of their mind. Well, I don't mind telling you, but if I'm alive, <clears throat> I hope I am to see this. But can you imagine when we get that place in Christ Jesus? I just can't keep from believing and imagining in my own soul that one of the last thoughts that would be in my mind is, I want to be changed. So what it'll do, it'll spread the earth. You imagine, the mind that was in Christ Jesus is in every believer. There is the soul. Souls in prison now, November 63. The mind that was in Christ Jesus. So all God has to do from the throne is think one thought. Today is the rapture. Every person with that mind receives the same thought at the same moment. Why? It's the same mind in every believer. So God don't have to think it in heaven and then think it in Paul and then think it in Peter and then, my goodness, time it gets down to here to us, we'll be aged another 10 years. 
But if we've all got the same mind, now listen to me. If we've all got the same mind, then the Spirit of God could think it from the control tower and every member on the earth. They might be laying, you know, might be in Africa and they might be in the nighttime. But all of a sudden, the thought of the rapture. And here we are on the bright side of the earth. It hits us all at the same time. Text ain't fast enough. WhatsApp, forget it. Old school. Supersonic. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm kind of weird, but if I'm going to travel like a thought, wouldn't I have to be one? After all, how did I get here in the first place? I traveled as a thought from the mind of God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. How am I going back? That same thought in a glorified, changed form. Jenner, don't you see how, how important the mind of Christ is? No one it says in the seventh seal, when the supernatural comes in, that's the mind of Christ. That's how God projects to you visions and supernatural. Oh, so, oh, Brother Darling, I've never had it. Yes, you have. If you've ever received a divine revelation from Almighty God, after receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you were tapped in to the mind of Christ. That's the way God projects it. And you just stand in there and say, oh my goodness, I see it. I see it. What happened to you? A thought from God said, son, see it. And you on earth said, I see it. God will say, change. And you'll say, I'm changed. God will say, resurrection. And they'll be loosed out from under the altar from the sixth dimension. Glory to God. And they'll come to earth to take our bodies. Think of it. Missing people. They can't find you no more because you're getting together with the rest of the group and you come up missing on the earth. Missing, you come up missing on the earth. Like that movie I saw when I was a boy. It scared the liver out of me. It still scares me much if I think about it now. And there's this guy living in his bedroom and he happened to hit a certain place on that wall one day. I see some of y'all still scared by it too. <laughs> and that guy fell through that wall and was like moving into another dimension. If Alfred Hitchcock makes it through the gates of heaven, I don't know how in the world it could ever happen. <laughs> but that's always stuck with me. Dimensional travel, traveling like a thought. Now I'm really gonna convince you I'm a nut, right? Think of it, children. We're living in that hour when our Thoughts will become material. We won't have to beat it up with the music. We won't have to shout it down, jump it down. He'll project it down. Don't you want to be part of it? Let's bow our heads tonight, can't we?
Praise the Lord. Lord Jesus, I pray tonight, Father, that you would take this word and be able to break it down in our hearts. Lord, we live so far beneath our privileges. We just let the devil wear us out over this and that and the other and how high you want to take us. Lord God, help us that we can latch on to your wings and soar in the heavenly places. Help us to know we can trust Papa that he'll never let us fall. Oh, Lord God, open our understanding tonight, Jesus. I thank you so much for the token in this day. I thank you that the intensity of the power has grown beyond a breath and a little blow and a more powerful blow to the blow of the Spirit has come together. Oh, Jesus, and before long, the dead will be walking among us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, if there's any here tonight that's dead, in sin, I mean, may that great resurrector walk in this building, Father. May you deal with them tonight, Lord. Help them to realize they don't have to wait till Sunday. They may not be alive by Sunday morning. Help them to realize tonight they can commit their heart to you. If there's one that needs the Holy Ghost, if there's some that's just the battles and things of life, just wearing them out, Lord. That's what Daniel said Satan would do in the last day. He would just try to wear out the patience of the saints. May you move among us tonight, God. May you minister strength and healing and virtue, Lord Jesus, to your little bride. We need it, oh God. I need it, Father, like never before. I need your strength. I need your wisdom. Oh God, to lead this portion of people that you've committed to my charge, Father. We need you, Lord Jesus. Oh, come by this way tonight, Father. We call upon your name, oh Lord. We need your help. We need your strength, your courage. Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Father. I glorify your name. I praise you now, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody want to just enter in with me? Now remember, you've got the Holy Ghost. You've got that original fire. God will accept your worship. It's coming from the same fire that Peter worshiped. It's not strange. It wasn't lit from this man's idea or this man's opinion, but it come from the same altar, the same fire of God. So wherever the fire is present, that means the worshipers can worship. Your worship will be received because the fire was taken from the altar where the sacrifice was given. 
Now, when they would burn the incense, as it was later dictated by the prophet, they would take the fire from the altar of the sacrifice and they would then light the incense that come from the altar of sacrifice. So the praise could only be received as long as it was offered from the sacrificial altar. So our praise don't come because of emotion and because of beautiful music. It comes because our soul has been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. So we worship and we praise. Hallelujah. Don't you understand what your praise is? It's an extension of his sacrifice. So he gave himself for you. Then his life in you motivates you to praise and worship and thank him. I'll tell you, children, one of your quickest ways down to defeat is to give up your praise. When Satan gets your praise, he's just about got you whipped. Don't you never, don't you never let him take your praise. Carol told me the other day, you can imagine we're all still struggling, of course, with Erica's passing. I know many of you are. I know you are. You loved her and you prayed for her. I'm hearing from people around the world. Their hearts are just still brokenhearted. Carol told me the other day, she said, I'll tell you, Donnie. I asked her, I said, how you doing, honey? She said, some days I just cry all day. Some days I do better. She said, but there's one thing I've learned. I've learned to praise him. And she said, even when I, 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 I'm crying, I don't know what else to say. I'm praising him. I'm thanking him for taking her. I'm thanking him. She's not sick no more. We thought God was going to heal her. Didn't you? Sure, that's what most of us thought. Well, he did. Just not the way we thought. Come on. She wasn't just healed of her body. She was healed of her mortality. She'll never get sick again. She has embraced the fullness of her healing. If he would have healed her of cancer, no doubt she would have got sick again. Brother Ram said people would. He said, if you get sick to heal tonight, you will probably get sick again. Where she's at, she'll never get sick again. Brother Gene Littleton, bless his heart, he got so sick and suffering, it's never happened again. Oh my goodness, bless his heart. The last couple of days before his passing, reaching out for Sister Helen, glory to God. He ain't reaching out for her no more. I imagine they met down at the river, him and all the rest of the saints. Here come my little blonde-headed daughter down there screaming, he's arrived, he's arrived. Brother Gene, how are you, how are you? Praise to God. That ain't an old man's dream. That's God's word, brother, sister. That's the way we want to be, don't we? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just worship him, can we? Now, from the altar of our heart, which has been purged by the blood of the sacrifice, set on fire by the pillar of fire, now our praise can come forth. Oh, you don't know how it feels unless you were in Pentecost. To use your gift and you feel like you prostituted it in the old tent days. Harry, Brother Larry, some of these brothers that played in Pentecost and you feel like that you took your gift and your talent and it was used to stir people and their emotions and get them all fired up. If you ain't ever done that, it's very hard to describe what you feel like. 
And you still have an element of restriction when you come to the word of the hour because you're so afraid that you'll lead people back into that again by your gift. Oh, but when you know the altar's been purged and you know the Spirit of God can anoint you, then you can offer your gift and your talents and you know it's coming from a heart which has been purged. It's coming from a life that has been lit, not by 1906, but by the original fire that fell on the day of Pentecost. I hope you understand what I'm saying tonight. The same wind that blowed in the upper room is right here in this church tonight. It ain't a little breeze. It's the same mighty rushing wind. We need more than a little breath, friends. We need more than a little stir. God knows if there's ever an age that needed this power, it's us. We can't make it intellectually. We can't make it on our mind. We've got to have the Holy Ghost and its power. Don't you love him? Can we just turn and lay hands on one another if you would? I want you to just pray for the brother, sister standing there by you. Just whatever the Lord places upon your heart. You young people, pray for one another. Be a strength to one another. You see your sister down, your brother down, young people. God's called you. You're more than just yourself. God's called you to help others. Just like us older ones. Let's pray now. With all your heart, I want you to just keep it there before you now. If you've not experienced that fire, maybe you've had just a tiny breath. It's going to take more than that. Brother Darrell, would you come, my brother? I want you to pray over the people if you would. It's going to take that mighty breath of God blowing upon each of our souls. Oh, it blowed on me when I was in Pentecost, but I needed more. And I couldn't get it till I come to the word of the hour. And then he started blowing like never before. But I don't mind telling you, I need more of that breath of God tonight than I ever have in my life. Strength, courage, hallelujah, hallelujah. Pray for us, Brother Darrell. Oh, Jesus, we need you. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow in your presence, your God with our hands laid upon one another. Oh, God, we believe, Lord, that this is not just some kind of a story, Lord, or a myth, but it is the oh, reality Lord. of the promises of your word, dear God. Yes, Lord. Lord, I pray, Father God, that you'd set every soul on fire, God, with the reality of Grant the living it, Lord God Jesus. who will perform the works that you said that you would do, dear God. For you have not left us as orphans in this hour, Lord, but the promises of your word is true. And yes, I ask Father. you tonight, dear God, let it rain upon every heart and upon every home, upon every head of the household, dear God, upon every mother, dear God, upon every wife, upon every son, upon every daughter. Oh, yes, God, may Lord. we receive that, Lord, which you have given from your very Grant heart, Lord. Lord God, so when you Jesus Christ, you gave us your very heart, dear God. And Lord, may we receive that tonight, I pray, dear God. Lord, may we be touched by this fire that the world may watch us burn, dear God, that they may know, Lord, that we have been with you, Father God, tonight. Let it rain, dear God, from the back to the front, from the left to the right, Lord, until we're consumed by the fire of God. Oh, grant it tonight, I pray, Lord Jesus. I ask you, God, that you'd move up on every home, Lord. Grant it tonight, dear God, that lives will be touched and changed from this mercy 
very moment, yes, Lord, oh, that Father, we would see, dear God, that you have resurrected you, us already in the Christ Jesus, we Lord. Quicken us by the power Jesus, of the resurrection, before, Lord. Grant it tonight, dear God, Please we pray. We I believe pray, these oh, things which you've heard to be the truth tonight. We believe it's to be thy very mind, Lord, that you revealed to us in this hour, dear God. And we ask you, God, as we lay hands upon our brother and upon our sister, yes, Lord, that you would visit one, him even as you said you would do, Lord. For you promised us in this last day, dear God, that the world, Lord, would hear from us. It was the final voice to the final age would be the bride of Jesus Christ speaking the word that's been revealed in this hour, dear God, that that our very thoughts would become material, Lord, that we could speak these things, dear God, from our mind, Lord, and see the reality of it, we pray tonight. Grant it, dear God, for those, Lord, with empty hearts tonight, God, and those with empty hearts tonight, may the empty heart be filled and the heavy heart be lifted, dear God, for we look, Lord, God, as people, Lord, who have a hope in you, God, tonight, I pray. Dear God, may our sick be healed. May our weak be made strong, God. Father, I pray, Lord, that those that take this try to lie to them and tell them that they are bound, that they are in a prison house, and he tries to show them the prison door. But God, may they see tonight that the door has been opened, God, and we can step free tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. Satan, you're defeated. You're nothing but a bluff. We rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. Lift up the people tonight that they may worship God. In spirit and in truth, let our sons and let our daughters see the reality of the living God. Let our young people be set on fire that we all would see Jesus Christ in the young and in the old and in the mother and in the father. Lord God, I pray tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. My soul thirsts for thee and thirsts for the living God tonight. Oh God, I don't want them to some kind of fake something, but the reality of the living God. Lord, a genuine outpouring of the Holy Spirit, God. Lord, not some man's impersonation, not some man's imagination, but the reality of the word, Lord, that it would live in our lives. Grant it tonight, I pray, Lord Jesus. Open the windows of heaven. Open the windows of heaven tonight. We lift our voices. We worship you, Lord. In the name of hallelujah, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Praise Christ. Praise the Lord God. Praise, Praise the Lord God. God, I pray, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Not a one missing, Praise Lord. the Lord. No, Lord. In that no, Lord. Lord. We want to be a part Ready of what you're doing, Father. Oh, I am of God. May our mind, Lord, get out of the way that the mind of Christ can think to us, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord God. We bless your holy name, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We adore you, Father. From our temple, O God, we lift praise. We lift out of our voice. We raise our hands, Lord. 
We say thank you. We say thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for opening our eyes, Lord God, to the end time word, dear God, to bathe us and wash us from the filth of these prostitutes, Lord. Thank you that the fire in our soul is not a strange fire, but it lines up with that original outpouring in the book of Acts. Oh, Jesus, we worship you, Lord. Bless your holy name, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Father. We bless your name, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Open the windows of heaven. Yes, Lord. Let it Oh, grant it, Lord. Pour it out upon us. Pour it out upon us, oh God, I pray. Open the floodgates of heaven and let it rain. Let it rain. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, let it rain. Let it rain. Thank you, Jesus. Let it rain. 
to clap theirs. What about us as his people? Praise be to God. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We magnify your name, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Oh, let's worship him, children, with all of our hearts. We our hands, our hands in worship. What for? As we lift your holy, holy name, name, you deserve the glory. Father, all the honor. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Bottles, as all kinds of filth of the world, but now they're washed, they're For you are great, you are great, Lord God. You do miracles so great. There is no No one else like 
just been another Wednesday night, Lord. But apparently, you didn't care whether it was Wednesday or Sunday. Apparently, it don't have to be Saturday for you to move or Sunday for you to move. I'm sure you want to move more than we want you to. We thank you for your presence here tonight, touching every heart that you've touched. Father, now as we go, may we ponder on these things. May we think about them, Lord. Oh, Heavenly Father, may the Holy Ghost that's in each of us be able to live to its full potential. We love you, Father. Thank you for your word tonight. I thank you I'm living in this great hour. What an hour to be a child of God. Go with your people tonight, Lord. As we depart from this place, may we never, of course, depart from your presence. Be mindful of us now as we go our separate ways to our homes. Lord, we have the question and answers tomorrow night. We pray that you just meet with us again, Lord, and help us, Father. We love you, Father, in the name of Jesus. How many can say it's been good to be in the house of the Lord? 
God bless you. You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper light in the darkness my god that is who you are you are here touching every heart i worship you i worship you I worship you, I worship you, you are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who the darkness my God that is who you are even when I don't see it you're working even when I don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when I don't see you stop working you never stop you never stop working way maker miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness my god that is who you are you're my way maker miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness
Stop, you never stop working Even when I don't see it 